Do you ever find yourself confused when it comes to health and fitness? Have you been searching relentlessly on the most effective ways to achieve your fitness-related goals, only to find yourself even more frustrated? Well, we've got you covered. It's time to learn from the best, shorten your learning curve, and truly understand how to achieve your goals without spinning your wheels and wasting precious time. Welcome to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. <laughs> uh, okay, we're gonna actually we're gonna keep that because Brett was making me laugh earlier. <laughs> Welcome back to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. My name is Mike Perry, and Brett just had me hysterically laughing earlier because he was using these big words to sound smart. And I'm gonna let him take it from here. So, Brett, why don't you give everybody the intro for today's podcast? Excellent, Mike. Uh, I don't know where we're going, but let's let's get started anyway um as the old saying goes when you don't know where you're going any road will get you there absolutely um, what did you want to title I, this podcast brett the something about pedagogical feet. pedagogical foundation uh which is your knowledge base it's the theoretical go. body of knowledge that supports a, a, a given field um so the knowledge base and so uh, you recently had a successful uh, presentation at Perform Better uh, Summit in Providence, and uh, you know an opportunity which has been lacking over the last two and two and a half years for some reason uh, to you know hop in and really interact with people in the industry. And the Perform Better uh, seminars hugely successful, um, a, a great model uh, that Chris and, and the Perform Better gang have put together. Um, but it is the it's the buffet. Right. It's it's the I want to sample some Greg Rose. I'd like to sample a little Greg Cook. I'd like to see what Mike Perry has out there. And so you 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 go down the buffet and you see a bunch of different people present and you get a bunch of different information. Um, Chris has said in the past um, that you could basically have two presentations and simply cycle them, you know, go from presentation A one year, presentation B the next year, right back to presentation A. And you will basically have a fresh room of people. When you come back to presentation A, you basically have a fresh room of people that have not heard that talk. Uh, that is the turnover in the fitness industry. Uh, average career span, three, uh, six months to three years. And a lot of people towards the six month end of things, because this is not an easy industry. Uh, people think it is. They enjoy working out. So like, oh, I'll be a trainer. Um, and the truth is hard profession a lot of a lot to get into and there should be a knowledge base that supports you getting into this industry um i came in being a, a certified athletic trainer um, bachelor of science in sports medicine master's in rehabilitative sciences i had worked for several years as a as an athletic trainer and so my knowledge base coming out of athletic training and the detail that i had in anatomy and physiology and orthopedic rehab and, and um, evaluation and rehabilitation, all of that theoretical knowledge base, just like when I first became a trainer, I'm like, how do you do this and not have this knowledge base? Like it's a, you need to know a lot in order to do this well. And what we see in the industry is there's no barrier to entry. So people that have no background in fitness, anatomy, physiology, blah, 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 
they just start training people. Um, it's, it's a wonderful aspect of the industry. It's one of the worst aspects of the industry. And but I think what we want to kind of dive down today is what is that knowledge base? Where what do you need to have a command of, or what should you be investigating in order to be more effective in this uh, in this profession? Absolutely. You know, um, I've been presenting for probably a little bit over six years now. And, um, you know, uh, I think as my journey sort of continues in this industry, I'm trying to learn more and more and more about higher level stuff. And yeah, I think for two reasons. One, I, I always want to know the why, but at the same time, I know that the deeper I get into a topic, if I fully understand it when it's time to teach, I'm going to be better at simplifying those ideas that are a little bit more complex. And, um, but, but I realized that, um, there's, there's still a huge need for us as seasoned coaches to speak to the younger trainers, because we think so high level on certain aspects that we forget about what it's like to just not know a whole heck of a lot and, and want to absorb and understand these concepts and these ideas. And, um, when you're in it for so long, um, I think you just forget about the basics and the idea of common sense. And like someone will say something and to you, it's common sense because you've been doing it for 20 years, but for someone else, that might be the biggest aha moment that they've ever had. So uh, I think, yes, it's a, it's important to surround yourself with uh, really, really smart people to learn from. But at the same time, if you are having the opportunity to educate or to teach or to mentor, remember that they're starting off at a level that you probably can't, can't even at this point understand because you've been so deep into your own journey. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit of an idea of, you know, how can we acquire more knowledge and how can we gain more knowledge um, for ourselves, but as, as, as coaches, and, and if we're really thinking about it, we're educators at the same time, because we teach our clients how to take care of themselves. So um, I think we just have to remember try to do our best to remember what it's like to be young and curious and, and uh, want to learn in a way that is not overwhelming. Absolutely. And I think that, um, so if, if we um, let's, let's talk about in, in an ideal world, what is the knowledge base? What sets you up for being able to uh, understand uh, those things? And uh, sorry, my brain was two different directions. Let me get this out of my out of my uh, crawl space. Um, it's called the curse of the expert. The expert is thinking, well, everybody knows that. Uh -uh. Not everybody knows that. And um, you, there has to be uh, an aspect of your, the things that you're offering. There's, there has to be an aspect of them that's repetitious, that you're saying the same thing. Um, whether that's from an educational standpoint or a marketing standpoint or whatever it is, because there's somebody new hearing that message. Hopefully <laughs> there's, there's somebody new hearing that message. And so, yeah, I, and I, I'm guilty of this on forums. And when I interact from a, more of a social media or forum standpoint of, you know, I answered that question 15 years ago. Um, I'm either tired of giving the answer or I just think I already said that everybody knows that mm -mm, that is totally not the case. So if for me, if we're going to go back to school, so to speak, and we're going to say what sets the, the basis, um, it starts with the anatomy. It, it, for me, um, it, it starts with having a really good command of the anatomy and understanding um, 
bones, ligaments, tendons, nerves, blood vessels, uh, being able to go through and, and really understand what's happening. So, sorry, that's the, that's the nuts and bolts, right? That's being able to sit there and say, this is a knee. <laughs> this is the patella. That's part of that's the guide rope, uh, the guiding rock. That's a, you know, we says bone that we grow in the, in the patella. And, you know, it's, it's understanding that, that stuff. It's understanding nerves and innervations and dermatomes, myotomes. Um, it's really having a good command of, of anatomy. And you can tell when somebody's early in their anatomy journey, because they love speaking anatomy to their clients. The anatomy is not for the clients. Now they may ask, and you may end up in a situation where maybe they've gone to the doctor and they didn't understand what the doctor was saying to them. And you're able to come back and say, well, here, let me, let me pull up a picture. And this is, this is the structure they're talking about. And this is the thing, you know, having that knowledge of anatomy, I think sets a, a tremendous foundation. Now, a trend later became functional anatomy where they were looking at, um, cause typically we learn anatomy of, you know, this originates here, inserts there, it does this action. Cool. Yes, that's true. But from a functional standpoint, when I start doing something like pressing overhead, that long tendon of the bicep is actually very involved in how I'm uh, producing that shoulder flexion. So there's, there's this concept of functional anatomy. So I think that you can dive down that uh, anatomy rabbit hole and cover a bunch of different topics and come out with some really good knowledge um, that that helps you understand what's happening uh, in a, in, from a training standpoint. Absolutely. Um, I went to school for sociology, so I didn't have sort of that same background as Brett. So here's the way that I approached it. Um, and this is just how my mind works. Um, I would look at something and say, uh, hip, you know, what is hip flexion? And just then I'd say, you know, uh, what muscles flex the hip? And I would Google that and I'd be like, okay, so these are, these muscles are involved in hip flexion. And then I would just kind of do the same thing, hip extension. And I would kind of go through and then I would study, okay, what muscles are hip extensors and same thing with internal and external rotation. And I kind of, that's how I learned because for me, it was easier to carp compartmentalize the move, the, well, not compartmentalize, but it was easy to pair up the movement patterns with the movement, with the muscles involved. To me, it just kind of made sense to combine those two together. Here's the movement. Here's the muscles that are part of the movement. And I just kind of went through the entire body and started to learn anatomy that way. And I think part of it, because I'm not a traditional learner anyway, so I, I like to associate things, but that's something that absolutely, um, helped me understand anatomy and then lead into functional anatomy. And, uh, that's just a, for me, I think that's a nice way to look at uh, movement in general. There's a great, there's two great books that I'll recommend. And, and I believe they're by a, the same author and it's just called anatomy of movement and anatomy of breathing. And I forget the name of, of the authors, but it's very, very clear. There's fantastic pictures in there where they actually show, you know, different movement patterns and the muscles involved. Um, you know, I'm going to have to, I'll have to do a little bit of uh, Googling while we're on here, but uh, that's just a different way to look at anatomy. I love it. Um, and don't be afraid to pull out the old anatomy coloring book and, and get, uh, you know, interactive with uh, actually coloring in bones and muscles and, you know, learning uh, from, from that aspect as well. And you started to touch on there, the, the movements, when we start talking about internal rotation, external rotation, um, pronation, supination, 
Um, and it, it, it's, you know, people get it wrong, <laughs> surprisingly. Um, and so, yeah, and then planes of movement, understanding mm-hmm. frontal, sagittal, transverse, um, being able to pair those things together and understand what's happening, um, especially if your goal is to go towards more athletic and, uh, dare I say, sports-specific uh, training applications. And when I say that, I simply mean sports-specific training applications, meaning I train soccer players. Mm-hmm. I train MMA, I train pitchers, uh, overhead athletes. So, you know, that's the type of specific information that I'm talking about. So having the command of the anatomy, the movements and understanding what's happening makes you a more effective trainer, makes you a more effective coach. Um, so I, I think that having that foundation is, is number one. And, um, did you find and the information on the uh, anatomy. Yes, um, all of the sort of um, all of the uh, books by uh, this individual, uh, Blondine Callis Germain, Anatomy of Movement, Anatomy of Breathing. There's a whole bunch of anatomy type books, and they're fantastic. Sometimes you can find them. Like I just looked five bucks from a used bookstore, and it's a fantastic book. So um, simple stuff, but again, for me. It, the pictures along with the simplicity of how it was uh, written out was a, a fantastic find and it helped me a ton. Definitely. And so just to, just to give a kind of a practical example, when we talk about the, and I've done this on a lot of different FMS um, things and a little bit with, with strong first, um, just the anatomy of the thorax, the rib cage, the, the way the ribs T-spine uh, interact Um the the idea that we're cartilage up front the the ribs end then it's cartilage then it's the sternum uh, and we have this bucket handle motion of of the uh, rib cage and then we have this pump handle action of the rib cage because the ribs come around and attach to the t spine and they do that at two joints uh, costovertebral and costotransverse joint and so that opens up a lot of movement. Um, the idea that the shoulders only bony connection to the body is your SC joint. And if you mess up your SC joint, it's going to have a big influence. I have a different pressing groove right to left because I have an old SC joint injury from a uh, seatbelt injury from uh, a car accident back in high school. So, you know, understanding those things anatomically um, really gives you uh, a higher level uh, ability to understand what's happening in the body. It goes beyond being able to identify the bicep, um, which is necessary if anybody's ever going to ask you which way the beach is. You, you better know where your bicep is. Um, but Absolutely, then 100%. the next step that we want to layer on there to understand training better is exercise physiology. You should understand the basics of energy production within the body. And, you know, Strong First and Pavel, we've kind of taken that deep dive down the um, the energy pathways and what's happening uh, in alactic, glycolytic, and aerobic uh, pathways. Um, understanding uh, how your body's producing, using energy, how it's getting rid of waste products, um, what's happening physiologically, what's happening with nerves. And, you know, all of these things that you're going to cover um, gives you a uh, uh, just a way better foundation to be able to say, I need to use this work rest ratio because I'm targeting this. And for this individual, that's, that's something that I need to do. So understanding the the basics behind exercise physiology uh, is, is definitely, and don't, 
don't be afraid to look in the black box of uh, the Krebs cycle um, and start understanding a little bit more of uh, energy production. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's, it, it's interesting because a lot of this stuff is, it is basic science, but you don't need to understand super high level stuff, right? But you have to understand the basics. Um, you know, another thing I think people need to consider is sort of normative data and normative ranges of motion of sort of each joint. Obviously, each person is different and there's a range involved, but um, understanding how much shoulder flexion one should have and shoulder extension and sort of knowing what each joint is is capable of from a movement standpoint is, is also a nice skill to have because then you can start to use whatever assessment you feel comfortable with and within your scope of practice to, to gather information on, you know, how, how things are moving in general. And, you know, does assessing someone flat on their back um, and looking at their internal external rotation favor, all that other stuff, does that indicate what their function is going to look like? No, but it's information. Um, and it may be important information. It may not, but it's better to have too much information than not enough when you're making decisions for your, your, your clients and your patients. But, um, I think understanding the norms and, and what joints are capable of or should be capable of is, is an important thing to do. Because again, even if, um, you don't understand, or you don't, you haven't really, uh, dove into sort of functional testing, like looking at patterns, you know, knowing what, you know, optimal shoulder flexion is, is a pretty good idea to, to look at quickly, because if you're going to press overhead, you're going to want to have that box checked. Definitely. Um, I, I think that, that ties, uh, the, the anatomy that that's what pulls the anatomy together into something that's very usable from a training standpoint, because now we start understanding what, you know, what we're asking at each joint. And now when we start linking multiple joints together and start doing these compound movements, you know, what's happening, uh, how do these things play together? I know you had recommended to me some time ago, uh, strength and conditioning, biological principles and practical applications. Uh, I still have it on my Kindle and I still pull it up and, and reference it. And, you know, it's, that's is that Mario, is that Cardinal, um, Marco Cardinal? Um, I believe that well, was. of course you, of course you asked me that after I closed the app. Um, uh, yes, Marco Card Cardinal, Robert okay. Newton and Kazori, uh, Nasaka. Uh, they're the editors. So yeah, strength and conditioning, biological principles and practical applications. Um, it's, it's a good one. It, it's a good book. And I know that, uh, and it, we'll talk about that later. Uh, you don't know what, we're, what I was saying, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but that's, a, that's a, yeah, it's going to be good. That that's a good uh, physiology book that you can pick up and start making your way through. Um, and and I, I do think that it's important, again, not because you're going to give science, scientific explanations to your clients, uh, students, uh, but you need to understand you need, you need to have that foundation. So that's just the nuts and bolts from anat anatomy and physiology standpoint. Um, I do think that looking at movement patterns and understanding, um, you know, what are the minimums, what, what are our baselines and minimums that we want to make sure people can pass so that they have a good experience exercising. Obviously, we're FMS folks, and we, we think that functional movement systems has been leading the charge on this for 20 plus years. And um, from a clinical side, the SFMA. Because while you're sitting there talking about, you know, the joint norms and the favor and stuff like that, I'm thinking, that's just good breakouts. <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly it. 100%. Yeah, exactly. I, 
I saw a movement pattern I didn't like. So now I broke it out and I found out uh, it's a bad favor or I'm lacking some tibial rotation, uh, you know, wherever the case may be. So um, that's kind of the, that puts the anatomy and, and stuff like that into further action um, where I, I dare say the, the, no, I'm not even going to say that the um... <laughs> you're having a full-blown conversation with yourself again, Brett. <laughs> Step <out of> <laughs> Wait, are we recording? Um so yeah, but I I think that um, that's those three things: anatomy, physiology, and and looking at movement patterns and understanding how to fix them and and look for your areas of opportunity to create change and get people above the minimums. That combination right there, man, you give me that person, and we can make a superstar. We we can make somebody that's going to be really good at this. Um, now we start getting into more specific information. And, um, yeah, I have to say if, if, if you came into this field or you want to get into this field, um, and you didn't come in through a degree route, you need a certification. Um, I, I, at one time held the, uh, the, uh, NSCA CPT, and then I got the CSCS, uh, and I think I've been an NSCA member since 97 and I've had the CSCS since 99. Um, so a few years of being certified and, and I'm going to head it off to Colorado Springs here in a couple of weeks to record something for the personal trainer conference, NSCA personal trainer conference and NSCA TV. Um, so I, I work and do stuff through NSCA. There's ACE, there's an ASM, uh, there's, there's, um, I know Chad Waterbury, uh, does a lot with ISSA. Um, you know, there's, there's some, some really good, uh, organizations out there and they're going to, they're going to cover a lot of this uh, foundational stuff, or at least give you the ability to access that information. So I think that uh, doing the due diligence on that, getting your liability insurance through that group, because um, you know that the coverage is going to be tailored to the profession and and whatnot. Um, I think that's that's also foundation should be part of your knowledge base. You're probably going to learn some things that you're going to need to unlearn or not do. Uh, but it still sets a good foundation base. Absolutely. And and another thing that I would say that a lot of people miss and they don't even think about until later. And then once they think about it, it seems like that's all they do is understanding neurology. Yes. Um, you know, listen, this thing inside of our noggin up here controls everything else. And uh, if you don't understand stress and adaptation, um, you know, how the brain responds to specific uh, adaptations, how... Uh, you know, how your body responds to trauma, stress. I mean, there's so many things to, to learn about neurology and, and understanding about readiness. And, and when people are in just really stressful situations and, you know, understanding those things will allow you to on the fly, if you will, probably change the workout based off of how that individual is coming in. So that individual comes in and they're just stressed to the gills and they don't feel well and blah, blah, blah. If you understand, well, Hey, listen, you know, this person is in this very, very, uh, you know, highly sympathetic tone right now. We need to get them dialed down a little bit. We're going to spend a couple minutes doing some breathing and some positional gentle stretching, and maybe that's going to set the tone. So understanding how the nervous system impacts sort of every single aspect of, of, of our lives is super important. And, um, you know, I really got exposed to 
the nervous system when I took, when I took my first, uh, Z health course and I forget which one it was, was it, is it our phase, Brett, the one that, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, well, um, you know, I did a few class, a few courses with Z health. Um, there's some things that I loved about it. Some other things that weren't my cup of tea, but, um, I will say this, the R phase and the education about neurology, they did a really good job of that course. Um, I learned a ton about, um, just basic neurology and it was pretty easy to digest. Um, so that's a, that's a great course that I would look into. I don't even know if it's still offered or if they have, you know, other courses, but, um, I did learn a lot about neurology and, and here's the cool thing is like, you can go on YouTube and look at these animations in these videos where people like break it down in like a 10 minute video of like how neurology works. And it's like, those are the things that are easy to find. They're free, but they'll allow you to look at your, your clients and your situations in, in a slightly different lens. When you think about, wow, there is this sort of supercomputer that is running everything. So, uh, definitely learn, learn the basics of neurology. Uh, I would recommend the body has a mind of its own by Sandra Blakesley. Uh, I would recommend on intelligence by Jeff Hawkins. Um, on intelligence is, it's actually one of the, I need to reread it. It's, it's, uh, uh, kind of a favorite book that I, I return to periodically. And his, the whole idea behind the book is he has a, he was the guy who developed the Palm trio smartphone and he has a foundation out there that's looking at artificial intelligence. And he's like, well, if we're going to make it artificial, maybe we should understand intelligence and be able to define that. And then, then we can make it artificial. Uh, well, on intelligence is this really great explanation of how the, the neocortex within the brain works and how this little, you know, each, each layer of the neocortex is about the thickness of a business card. And you got six layers and they're all waved and muddled together up there in the, in this, in the bowl of gelatin. And the way that the way we process information is just fascinating. And when you combine that with the, the body has a mind of its own. And you, you look at the stuff that Sandra Blakesley talks about, uh, by the way, co-author on, on intelligence, um, movement, emotion, and cognition are meshed. Um, the simplest explanation for folks is you ever smell something and it pulls up a really strong memory. Well, the same thing happens with movement, emotion, and, and cognition, those things intermesh. And so there's, there's a lot to be understood from that neurological standpoint. Um, there's more potential neural connections in your brain than there are uh, particles uh, in the universe, which is the, 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 the number there is really big. And I, I don't know how to calculate it, but I just know, remember the, uh, the, the, the statistic. As uh, my youngest used to say, dad, that probably cost a million hundred dollars. <laughs> so it's probably a million hundred, I would say. Exactly. Perfect. It's, <laughs> it's a, it's a trillion billion. I don't um, want to show off with my math skills, but <laughs> um, if you're going to make me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that uh, that is sort of a higher level look at uh, this, this, some of these concepts. But yeah, general adaptation syndrome, sympathetic parasympathetic stress, understanding a little bit about how the brain maps and uh, coordinates the, the body. Super useful information um, and, you know, breathing is just a tremendous rabbit hole uh, that I recommend you tumble down at some point. Um, read Breath by James Nestor. Uh, look for um, breathing information that, that's very accessible. I know that Oxygen Advantage and, and there's a bunch of other groups out there uh, right now. And um, 
there's some tremendous information uh, out on that. And so that's, that's another area where that, that I think um, it, it'll make your brain hurt a little bit, um, which when you're trying to understand the brain, understand that that is the brain trying to understand itself, which should all give us pause <laughs> uh, and confuse us a little bit. Cause when you stare into the void, the void stares back. I feel like that'd be like a great bumper sticker. And then just oh, a picture a... of you with a kettlebell. <laughs> no, with, with the, the, the saying with the picture of you, the regular bumper sticker, no one wants Brett. Right. Um, that should be like the title of Iron Cardio 2. Iron Cardio 2, you stare into the void. That's <laughs> it a sounds, Nietzsche. It's, it sounds pretty, uh, pretty intense. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a Nietzsche quote. Bless you. Um, all right. So <laughs> what are we talking about next? So there's so many topics, right? We've talked about, um, you know, we've talked about neurology, we've talked about anatomy, and and then there's these other components of, of, you know, learning styles and understanding how people absorb knowledge Then we can talk about that. So I, I, I don't want to drag this on too, too much because there are a bazillion different directions and we could probably do several podcasts on, uh, you know, how to, how to learn. But, you know, I think what it boils down to is you gotta, you gotta dig a little bit deeper and know the why, once you understand the why you're going to be much better at what you do. So, um, my opinion is if you want to learn about a topic, don't just learn the basics, dig a little bit deeper and try to learn as much as you can. And, and, and throughout that learning process, make sure you're applying as well, because I think one of the big things that people do is they read a bunch of books and they talk about how many books they read. And, and it sounds really impressive when they've read 87 books a year. But in my opinion, if you're a strength and conditioning coach, read, apply, read, apply, and then, and then make decisions and, and gather experience through reading the science, applying the science, but also seeing what this stuff looks like in real life. Because at the end of the day, we're dealing with human beings and that is training's easy. People aren't. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's one of the things we, we truly need to understand about, of, of training in general is just, uh, it, it's, it's a kind, you kind of have to be a jack of all trades if you want to be a personal trainer, because you have to kind of know a little bit about everything. If you want to be successful, you have to know, uh, psychology, neurology, anatomy, and phys. Um, it's just, you do have to be kind of like a general contractor. Yeah. And I, and I think potentially the follow-up podcast to this is that human aspect and looking at interaction, human interaction, coaching, cueing, uh, internal versus external cueing, looking at Nick Winkleman's uh, information on creating these really rich, vibrant cues and being able to really get your idea across. I was working with a student that I've been working with for, for a while um, and we were, um, on an online session today, we were working on kettlebell snatch and I noticed he had a pull-up bar in the background and, you know, I was getting ready to talk through how to do something. And I'm like, wait, go grab your pull-up bar. It's a very easily movable rig, uh, get a towel, hang a towel over it, stand this far away, uh, and do your snatches. I didn't have to say a word. I was able to create a situation that put that restricted the variables to the point where what I wanted to have happen was going to happen. And he walked away from that experience going, man, I love that drill. Like I immediately felt what you wanted me to feel. I'm like winner, winner, chicken dinner. If, uh, if, if I can be lazy and effective <laughs> every day. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It's like, uh, I think you, you've been the one that said this, if you can feel it, we can fix it. Right. And, yep. and, uh, and that, that's, that boils down to awareness and, you know, you can put your arm there, do this, do this. Like you can vomit your cues, verbal cues for, for a minute straight and they'll be lost, but you just put them in a, in an environment where they're going to feel something or, or get feedback quickly, you know, absolutely huge but let's save that for the next podcast because we're already going down that uh exactly. you know, down that road of 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 talking about random stuff for two it's a long. it's a um, it's a teaser we're teasing teaser. the next podcast it's it's like it's like stranger things i'm almost done i'm almost done with it but um <laughs> i gotta go back anyways watch. i know it's it's um i'm on like episode nine on season four but anywho um brett as always it's it's good to uh to chat and uh, have a few laughs and it's always fun to do this. So thank you so much, my friend. Uh, thank you all for listening to the minimum effective dose podcast. If you could do us a huge favor and give us a positive review and whatever flat platform platform that you listen to, that would be fantastic. And uh, I'm a disaster. If you're, on a and if, if you're on a platform, we recommend you get to a platform. Amen. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> Hey friends, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we're going to ask you for a favor. Please leave us some positive reviews. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thanks again for listening to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast.